This is so wizarding. You're listening to the Geek World All-Stars Podcast Network. Broadcasting very fast and very dangerous from the planet Malastare, you are listening to So Wizards. You're thinking, you're people gonna die? The only podcast to make the Kessel Run in under 12 parsecs. There'll be no one to stop us this time. What's going on, everybody? It is time for episode number 477 of the So Wizard Podcast. I am your host, Joey DiCarlo, and with me, my co-hosts, we've got the expert, Mr. Marquis, Markellis Riggins. Yo, what is going on, everybody? Welcome to the podcast. And with a horror movie on the docket, you know Aubrey will be nowhere to be found anywhere near this movie or podcast. So we've got to bring in one of our best friends from the world of podcasting. Guys, he's back. It's Arthur from Two Cents Critic. Hello, hello. Yes, hello. I, I'm so excited. I'm so excited to be back here. Uh, last time I was here to discuss The Mandalorian Season 3. And now I'm back on the show. Thank you so much, you guys. Thank you for coming to visit us. And you, the listener, are listening to So Wizard Podcast, where three friends review movies, TV, and sometimes more, podcasting weekly on the Geek World All-Stars Podcast Network. This week, our review of No One Will Save You, the new horror movie, horror sci-fi movie, direct to Hulu, and in some parts of the world, Disney+. Plus. Which sounds crazy to me because I in America we think of Disney Plus as being for families. <laughs> Apparently, in uh, in other parts of the world, you can have a double feature of this and Flight of the Navigator. And get the whole <laughs> <laughs> just get the whole circle complete there. Welcome to the show, Arthur. Welcome back. How are you doing this week? Uh, I'm doing pretty pretty well. I feel like you know sometimes I feel like ah oh, I'm tense, other times I'm calm. But I would say overall, I feel you know, you know I'm doing pretty well. Just you know. Continuing the podcast and continuing to think about life, consume movies and TV shows and read books. Uh, I feel like it was a podcast in general, just trying to get that going because I feel like there are some things I want to work on, like trying to grow the podcast, trying to get, get it bigger. And so sometimes it's just not about that. And yeah, there's, there's never the way, enough time in the week for all of this stuff. <laughs> there's it's never enough time. There isn't, there isn't. I mean, <laughs> But and by the way, I should mention that my podcast, Two Cents Critic, that covers books, movies, and TV shows. And 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 Joey was actually on there in the past to cover Kung Fu Panda. Yep, I love your show. Listen to every episode; it's a good time. Definitely recommend it. Thank you for coming on, Markellis Reagans. How are you? Are you surviving the Big E? I am doing my best to survive the biggie. Yes, uh, it's long hours. Uh, the weather has not been cooperating. It's been dreary and rainy, and nothing is more fun than selling T-shirts in a tent during a windy, rainy day. It's fantastic. But people still buy them. Uh, we still got our customers. Uh, we're still kicking butt. So, uh, you know, I'm enjoying it. You know, it's one of those things where you, when you're outside for so long in a raw elements, you look forward to when you're back in your normal job at your desk <laughs> in indoors. <laughs> has it been busy with the weather or has it been slower than usual? It's been a tad slower than usual, but it's still busy. You know, it comes and goes. We're, we're still doing pretty good, but yeah, the weather is definitely factoring into that. Um, but it's also good, you know, if it's an outdoor fair. So if the weather's kind of crappy, that kind of it gives you a chance to get into places. Uh, the lines aren't as long to get into certain places. Let's put it that way. Uh, I went and got my slice of pickle pizza. And, uh, I, went, I went right to the front. There is no line. It was amazing. All right. I got to ask. Yeah, wow. I got to ask Arthur because, you know, he he's a neutral party. Would you eat pickles on a pizza? Well, I have to say, as someone who has never eaten pickles before, look, I feel like I would be willing to try pickles by themselves, but pickles on a pizza, eh, I don't know. It, it sounds iffy to me. Like Maybe I tried one time, I suppose, <laughs> but I don't know. Again, sounds sketchy. There you go, Mark. You're sketchy and iffy. <laughs> That's okay. I, I didn't create the pickle pizza. I just consume it, and it's delicious. <laughs> I hate pineapple. pickles so much. Now, now, Oh, you do pickles? 
I do. Oh, I don't. Pineapple. I do not like them. Pineapple. I know people like pineapple. to shit on pineapple on a pizza, but it's not the worst thing in the world. But yeah, I, I've, I've I never just, had it. I never had it, but again, like I just I do hear a lot of hate for pineapple pizza, but I feel like oh no, I, I don't know. I'd like to try it out someday. I, I'm I'm more le- I'm more keen towards trying out pineapple pizza than pickle pizza. <laughs> Yeah, I just I don't like pickles. I never have since I was a kid. I don't like like the way they look. I don't like the way they smell. There's something about them. I don't like it. My son obsessed with pickles, eats them like candy out of the jar, then takes the jar and drinks all the juice out of it. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. It makes me want to puke. That <laughs> <laughs> you would not care for one of my childhood books, Pickle Impossible, which is all about a pickle competition and Switzerland. No, thank you. <laughs> well, as for me, uh, I wish I had anything exciting to report for you guys, but legit, I've just been working like nonstop for days in a row. I have been picking up a lot of hours at my second job. As the seasons start to roll into our busy seasons there, we had back to school, Halloween is coming, and Christmas is right around the corner, so it's very busy there, so I can pick up a bunch of hours. Uh, I'm working full-time plus at my real job, so I'm up to 48 hours a week there, and I just uh, got approved to start door dashing, so... (laughs) Oh, nice. (laughs) Uh, If you live in the area um, near me, uh, if you're a listener, I might be delivering your food (laughs) At some point. So, uh, you know, just trying to earn that that cash or that scratch. And uh, it severely cuts into my time to do anything fun. I did force myself to watch a movie and I'll talk about it in recommendations. Uh, I watched a movie last night that was not for the podcast. So that was exciting. But <laughs> it's been pretty rare and in between for the most part uh, the last few weeks. So nothing really exciting. But you know what? Enough about us. Let's just talk a little bit more about us. Marcellus Reagans, please tell the listeners where they can find more. So was her podcast. All right, everybody, you can head on over to so was her podcast.com and there you're going to find a brand new episode every week. You will also find comic book, TV and movie reviews along with some creator interviews conducted by the one and only Adam Wallyhawk. And you can check out Adam's original comic book, Social Studies, over at socialstudiescomic.com. You're also going to find some links to our podcast merchandise, t-shirts, hoodies, stickers, magnets, coffee mugs, a whole array of items that you can purchase and represent So Wizard Podcast. Our social media links are there too. So reach out to us on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and let us know what you think of the show. Find So Wizard on all podcasting streaming platforms, such as iTunes, Spotify, Good Pods, and pretty much wherever you can find a podcast. Check out our YouTube page, where new content is being uploaded regularly. We also have a Patreon page. For as little as a dollar a month, you can receive exclusive bonus content while you're supporting the show. A special shout out goes to the Geek World All-Stars Podcast Network. And I'm talking about Fans on Patrol, Pop Prism Power Podcast, Cult 45, The Movie Podcast, Superhero Speak, and The Gorilla Brain Podcast. That's it for me. Back to you, Joey. No, I didn't. First of all, a podcast takes a lot of work. Okay, you have to organize the guests, you have to do a Google Calendar, and then you build a following. It takes a long time, and I've been working on it for a while. Okay? (laughs) And we are back. All right, guys, Uh, we have a new movie to talk about. And first off, I just got to address that we were originally going to do Expendables 4 or X4endables. Oh, my God. Goodness. But the trailers look really bad. And I just I, I I don't know. I couldn't bring myself to go to the movies to watch this terrible movie. Like I knew it was going to be bad. And it, it didn't look like a bad where there'd be something to talk about. It looked like a yeah. bad where it was just going to be boring. You know, like me and yeah. Mark would just be like, eh, it was all right. You know what I'm talking about, Arthur? Like not a not a bad movie where we could laugh, but just kind of boring. 
I, oh, I definitely get that. And look, I, I, I've seen the first two Expanded Wars movies. I actually do kind of like the, the second movie. The first one is pretty boring to me, and I haven't seen the third one yet. But I don't know. It's just like, yeah, I can get that. Boring, and you can't even talk really much about it. And I mean, like, I love, I love the stars. Like, you know, I, I love Jason Statham in particular. You know, love Megan Fox, you know, uh, Sylvester Stallone. But ex- Expanded Wars or whatever his name is. Yeah. <laughs> I was mostly interested to see how they wasted Tony Jaw and the guy from the raid, but <laughs> uh, anytime those guys can get a paycheck, I'm happy for them. They earned it, but yeah, I just not, wasn't feeling it at all. I, Mark is super busy. So, you know, I'm sure Mark, you were thrilled to not have to go to the movies this weekend. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that I may have seen the first one, but I will always in my heart hold a grudge against the expendables franchise. Because it came out, the first one came out the same week as Speed Racer came out, and mm-hmm. uh, it crushed it at the box office. So um, I took that uh, personally. <laughs> yeah, I'm not a I'm not a fan of the Expendables at all. And Mark took that personally. Okay, all right. I so I don't tell you like, oh, I may have seen it. You can't even fully remember. I can't. I don't remember at all. I feel like I did it just to get just to cross it off the list, just to be like, all right, I will give you the chance to redeem yourself, Expendables. Uh, so I think I seen it, but I honestly don't remember. <laughs> yeah, I definitely saw the first in this. I've seen all of them actually. Um, only the first one in the theater, but I mean, they were okay. Just like Arthur said, the first two were, were the first one was kind of boring. The second one was actually pretty good. The third one was oh, not yeah. great. Um, and then it's been almost like it's, this is just, this was scary guys. It's been almost 10 years since the third one. Uh, and I just had no desire to see this. So, Sorry, listeners out there who are excited to hear us talk about Expendables, but it would have been a shitty show, and we're not talking about it, so too bad. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) So what we decided to do is this movie popped up uh, on my radar that's coming to Hulu. It's called No One Will Save You. It is a sci-fi horror movie, uh, mostly about a girl whose town is being invaded by aliens. And it said, this looks like right up our alley. So, of course, being on Hulu or Disney Plus, depending on where you live, uh, we can't talk about going to the movies. So I wanted to ask you guys, Mark, have you ever had any experiences with aliens or UFOs? Uh, No experience with aliens. Uh, I did think I saw a UFO when I was younger. Uh, It could have been a weather balloon. It could have been a drone prototype. Uh, I'm not sure, but there was definitely something weird flying in the air. Uh, When I was a kid in Chicago, there was something low to the ground that was zipping around that had weird lights. So uh, I think I may have seen the UFO, uh, but I haven't seen anything since then. Okay. Arthur, do you have any experiences with aliens or UFOs? Unfortunately, no. No personal experiences to brag about. Just uh... The closest link I can think of is just like, oh, you know, what do you see on the media? What do you see in the news? Maybe that that alien corpse that may be an alien, but probably not. It, it seems like it might actually be fake. Maybe the person <laughs> who was promoting it is actually a scammer. So I just see st- news stories like that, but no personal experiences, unfortunately. All right. Um, so I am terrified of being abducted by aliens. <laughs> <laughs> when when Jen came in the room when I was watching this, she goes, "You're watching this?" She's like, uh, "This doesn't seem like a good idea for you." <laughs> <Huh>? <laughs> I am the Aubrey of alien abduction movies, so <laughs> this is perfect. Then, I, honestly, like I, this is you ever want to talk about pod before life, and uh, you know, putting your the podcast above yourself. Like, man, I'm like, well, I can't stick Mark with two guests, so I, I'm gonna do it. <laughs> And I was like, I really shouldn't be watching this, but I'm going to do it. <laughs> and I did have, and I talked about this a long time ago on Patreon, but I did have some sort of experience when I was a kid. And maybe that's why I'm scared of being abducted by aliens. Maybe they took me away and probed my bottom or something. I remember being young. So I'm probably like seven, eight years old. We had a pool in the backyard. I was the only person in the pool. Uh, my grandmother was inside and, My sister wasn't in the pool. She may not even have been home. I don't remember. I was the only person in the pool. All of a sudden, it's dead quiet, like silent, like no birds, no cars, no noise, nothing. Um, I look up and I see what looked like a birthday balloon, you know, like a happy birthday, like colorful round balloon. You know what I'm talking about? I see it, but it's, it's on its side and it's spinning. And I saw it go down in the backyard next door in like a 
like an angle. Like it wasn't falling. It, it was like descending, spinning in an angle. And I don't remember a goddamn thing after that. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know, man. Cause I, I mean, I have sleep problems. I have lucid dreaming. I have you know night terrors. So part of me wants to be like, Oh, you had a weird dream and it just stuck with you. But man, I don't know. I can't fucking explain what the hell that was or what happened. And then another time when I was young too, I went out on the back porch and it was dark out. It was dark outside. And why did I go outside on the back porch and it was dark outside? I don't know. But I remember look up and see a big triangle uh, fly over the house. And that's Damn. it. I don't remember anything else. <laughs> okay, so that's a triangle. Like what color was it? How it was big? Black. Was it? it was black. It was like huge, like the size of like a a. a, a passenger jet like going over the house but it was silent and it was a giant triangle oh my goodness yeah. so, so joey you have not one but two experiences and they're both uh very eerie oh my yeah, right they're very scary so that's why i'm scared I, I i used to get scared of being abducted by aliens when i was a kid and i would just not sleep for like three days <laughs> i don't know why yeah. not oh. sleeping would be the thing that would stop me from being abducted by aliens because obviously you know the lore and stuff they can be like snap their fingers and you like freeze or whatever so in my mind as a little kid if i was awake they couldn't get me <laughs> it would, but i would you know i'd stay up for three or four days and then get to the point where i'd be like i'm going to bed do what you got to do just don't wake me up <laughs> you got to probe me just don't wake me up please so yeah i don't know and then i watched fire in the sky one time and i like literally why to jump off a bridge (laughs) (laughs) it was like the scariest movie i've ever seen (laughs) well i mean someone with your history with your stories it's like oh okay i can see that i can see that right 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 you know and then you play mass effect and it's like why couldn't it be like sexy aliens that kidnap me and not like scary aliens that want to stick stuff up your bottom but <laughs> oh my god i'm looking at fire in the sky i'm just seeing this photo with someone who looks like they're trapped in a plastic bag or something like that and their mouth yes. is open and screaming what the hell oh it's really is? scary yeah it's very scary it's not good don't watch that <laughs> that's an anti-recommendation do not watch that movie it's terrifying um it's probably not scary at all if you're not a psychotic weirdo like me but like it, like, I think it has a budget of like $5 and 50 cents, but yeah, it was pretty scary to me, but yeah, you know, th- those were my experiences as a kid. So, uh, these type of movies are tough for me, but you know, what we're going to do of course is review the movie as always, we're going to go with our non spoiler talk. So you'll know what we thought, but we won't spoil the movie. Then Marcellus will drop the drop delineating spoilers. We'll go a little more in depth with things we like, didn't like, and go forward from there. So if you haven't listened to it, you'll know when to bounce. Go check it out. The rest of you stick around for a little bit more in-depth talk. So to get started, Marcellus Reagans, non-spoiler. What'd you think of this movie? This is a tough movie to really kind of pinpoint. Uh, but I will say after the experience, I liked it. I really liked the movie. And a lot of it is the technical aspects of it. Um, the movie does something pretty ballsy. Well, you know, it's not a spoiler. It, there's very little dialogue in the movie. I don't think there's there's um, any dialogue in the movie, is there? <laughs> there's, there's like two lines. Yeah, two lines very minimal. But, but so, you know, if you're going to have a movie with no dialogue, you're really going to first off, that's a ballsy move to attempt. Uh, second off, if you're going to have a movie with no dialogue, you need to have strong visuals. And I think this movie has that. So for that, that kind of like circus trick of pulling it off i really enjoyed this movie i thought it was technically awesome and uh you know i i personally enjoyed it it is a tough movie to try to recommend to someone else but i liked it all right and it's also a tough movie to talk about without spoiling anything so these are going to be very vague (laughs) (laughs) but arthur what about you for no one will save you non-spoiler what did you think oh yeah i i've got lots of love for this movie I think it is amazing how, you know, as we've been talking about, you know, just before, uh, dialogue, yeah, it has essentially no no dialogue, and the movie really has to focus on the visuals, it has to, it it achieves the lesson of show, don't tell, that we always talk about in storytelling, but but this actually does that, and it keeps it to an hour and a half, it's got some great tension, I feel like maybe when it starts off, maybe like the first half hour or so, it's more of a slow burn. It's gradually building up tension. Maybe, you know, some, some eerie moments here and there. But again, just slowly building it up. 
then after that, then it's like, oh, now you're kicking up tension, and it was terrifying me at some moments. And Kate and Deborah, I feel like, is a strong lead in this movie. I think she gives a really, really great performance. And the movie has, without giving away spoilers, has an interesting. I, I like the story that it's told with this character, this mm-hmm. lead character, and just uh, technically, yeah, technically, it's just I, I love this the sound design. Cinematography, especially the lighting. I love the lighting in this movie. Mm-hmm. And I'm just really glad that we were able to see this. I'm sad that it didn't go to theaters, though, because I feel like this would have really crushed it at theaters. But nope, it just went straight to Hulu, like Prey, which feels <laughs> frustrating. <laughs> I think that it has something to do with contracts. I think if 20th Century Fox movies go to theaters, then they go to... HBO Max for streaming first. So that's why all these new, for the most part, <laughs> uh, Fox movies are going straight to Hulu because they don't want to give them to HBO. <laughs> right. <gasps> I suppose. But I, I agree with you, Arthur. This would have been great to see in theaters, especially for sound and like visual design, uh, to see this on like a XD th- screen or whatever big fancy theater you have near your house um for me i i i really did like this movie quite a bit um i don't want to say i i loved it well i did, I, did, I loved this movie but like i have like and, and again we can't really talk about it without spoiling anything i have some qualms here and there about things and that's probably the most important thing to know going in which i didn't know at all but is that there's like you guys said maybe one two lines of dialogue in this entire movie which is crazy because I, I watch everything with the subtitles on, so I didn't even need them for this movie. <laughs> right. <laughs> it was great. <laughs> it was great. Uh, but there's, yeah, maybe one or two di- uh, lines of dialogue in the entire movie. Um, and it's just uh, a, a technical tour de force. Uh, how you feel script-wise is going to be another question, and we could talk about that in spoilers, of course. But uh, technically, I think this is right up there, man. Like, like Arthur said, visually... Uh, sound design, cinematography. I think it looks great. And, and it, it does a good job of being creepy. It does a very good job of being creepy. I wouldn't say it's scary for the most part. There's a couple of scenes that are a little scary. Uh, so it was probably scarier for me than it would be for other people because I'm I'm terrified of aliens. But uh, and, and of course, they had to look like aliens. They couldn't look, like yes. aliens from like, you know, James Cameron aliens. They don't look like aliens. So, you know what I mean? Like, it's fine. But when, like, gray aliens show up and start tap dancing with uh, uh, Christopher Walken, I'm out. I'm done. I'm not doing it. Um, that's a deep cut for somebody out there. But I'm not. I'm not I'm, I can't handle that. So then looking kind of like that in this movie was terrifying to me. But for the most part, I did really like this movie quite a bit. I just we can't really talk about <laughs> anything without uh-huh. spoiling it. So, yeah. Just know you got three thumbs up here. Uh, you should probably go check it out on Hulu and come back because now we're going to drop the drop and we're going to spoil. No one will save it. We're not let's talk about spoilers here. Uh, I've got some spoilers. One clear spoiler. Here's a spoiler. You will die alone. <laughs> All right, guys. Marcellus, let's hear some things that you liked about this movie. Yes, things that I liked about the movie. I will say, knowing your knowing Joey's uh, uh, fear of alien abduction movies, that was part of my enjoyment in watching this. <laughs> you like, are watching a jerk. What is that? Like, oh, <laughs> Joey must be petrified <laughs> watching this movie. Mark's gonna be How like next. This deck? Yeah, Mark's gonna be like in a few weeks. Uh, here's a here's a. I I really hate you now. Watch Communion. <laughs> exactly exactly so you know we all have our things Aubrey doesn't like horror movies I don't like horror movies you don't like alien abduction movies so having knowing that you're sitting there watching this movie I'm like oh my god he's gotta be miserable watching this movie well wait let me Um, let me just tell you this I didn't watch it last night on purpose so I didn't see it right before I went to bed and because I watched it on Hulu and we all must have watched it on Hulu having the movie build up to a really tense part and then cutting to a commercial for head and shoulders (laughs) really like helped me get through the movie <laughs> diffused the tension for you that's awesome that's right look out for the aliens oh i do need to take a shower later okay <laughs> yeah so, so important. that's right yeah right you got to be smelling good when the aliens come and get you um so i you know i as we talked earlier i 
worked a long shift out in the cold and rain. And then I sat down to watch this movie before I had to get up and go back to work. So I had to squeeze it in a, a really small window. Um, so I was, you know, but I, but I was very focused on watching it. It is kind of a slow burn in the beginning. But one of the things that I liked about it is that it, it felt like this is what would really happen if you woke up and there was aliens in your house or an alien in your house. You know what I mean? Like it, it, it didn't feel super fantastic. It felt like that's how someone would act. Um, so there's a, you know, it's like a double, double, not double-edged sword, but like a, a double meaning. It's like a home invasion movie that's also an alien invasion movie. You know, it works on both levels, which I thought was really cool. Uh, I agree with Arthur. I thought the performance of uh, Caitlin Devers as Bryn, I thought she was fantastic. She has to emote all of this emotion and all these different things without actually really saying anything. Uh, you know, she grunts and says ow and stuff like that, but without, without really giving any big dialogue scenes. And she does an amazing job conveying everything. It's stunning how much you feel like you've you've gotten so much information from this girl and she hasn't really said anything throughout, through the whole movie. It's, it's a, an amazing performance. I thought the sound design was really good. I thought the creature design was really good, even though they are like the classic gray aliens with the big black eyes. The trippy ones, like the little orangutan one and then like the giant spider leg one the giant one i thought was awesome yeah uh, and i thought they did a really good job of kind of putting you in you know what would what would your reaction be if this thing was actually creeping around your house uh it felt really cool like it, it, it was directed really really well yeah and other than that i just think yeah the cinematography uh and the music i thought everything just you you can feel that you were in the hands of someone who who really had a distinct story to tell, had a, a distinct vision that they wanted to relay. Um, and I thought it was really cool. I didn't watch any trailers for this movie. I didn't know anything about it at all other than Joey saying, this is what we're reviewing. <laughs> so I didn't know it was an alien invasion movie at all. I'm, I thought it was like a, a cabin in the woods type of movie. So when it turned into a, you know, when the thing started moving around the house and then you see like the finger feet or finger toes <laughs> on the other side of the bed i was like holy shit this we are in for something really cool so yeah i i think the movie works i think it works way more than it fails i don't think it, it fails a lot but i think it works incredibly well for what they were trying to do awesome all right well arthur what did you like about this movie uh, well we've been saying this over and over again technically it is just wonderful just really, it pulls you into this environment, and it sets up tension. Again, how visually, how it depends on the visuals, and it depends on the audience to be smart enough to just focus on the movie and focus on the visuals and watch everything. And I almost feel like the the way that this movie does depend so much on being dialogueless, and it almost adds like a this heavy weight over the whole movie, especially as as Gwen as as she's. You know, just, just the scenes where she's going through town and she pacify people and she'll exchange some facial expressions with them. There's one with that, you know, interaction she has with that woman who spits, who spits at her. And it's just like, normally you'd watch a movie and all of these scenes that have dialogue. They don't. And it adds whole heavy weight to the story and to her character, which does make sense as we find out her whole arc. Oh, like, she is feeling grief and guilt over... You know, when the spoilers now, so to say, you know, feeling grief and guilt over accidentally uh, killing her friends, you know, when, mm-hmm. like years ago when she was a little child. And it's just, and that whole story, like, I was, I was, because I was very curious watching this movie and I was like, okay, wait, so what happened with her? Like, what, you know, her mysterious backstory. And then you find out. And then it's like, it pulled some emotions out of me. And mm-hmm. I was just really appreciating that. And again, like, you know, Kate and Debra, you know, as, as you said, you know, the ways that she's able to convey her emotions and really just to her facial expressions, her eyes, and just really, she she is powerful to watch on screen and make this character feel fully fleshed out again without the dialogue. And I'm mm-hmm. still getting over that. And the gold, well Golden Globe played. nominated actress. So <laughs> surprisingly, I, mean, general, I looked it I up. I, I didn't know. I never heard of her before in my life. I looked her up and she was nominated for a Golden Globe uh, for something she was on on Netflix. So obviously she's got the skills. 
Yeah, I, I've actually, in general, have lots of love for her. Like, I feel like, like, Book Smart is something I saw recently, and she was great in that. Just her, and, and, the, and the, the alien design, you know, gotta hop on that, hop on, the, on that wagon, because that was also lovely as well. Especially when the, when the long-limbed gray popped up, and it's like, oh, this is tapping into my arachnophobia right here. <laughs> oh, God. But on top of that, like, I also really appreciated how the aliens, like, the it felt like they had the they had like these personalities too. Like they, they felt like real beings. Yeah. Like, you know, when the aliens first pop up, we see some grays and they're kind of like these cold beings who are analyzing everything around them. And they don't really move around that much, even if they're fighting Brent and using their telekinesis. But then we have this other gray pop up, little the small one, who's just like so bestial or so ferocious. And then we have this long limbed one. And it's just like again, these feel like real individuals, real beings who are coming down to Earth and they have lives, you know, they have thoughts and they're coming here and they're engaged in the whole invasion. So I really appreciated that. And just and and Brian and I should also note that uh, Brian Duffield, the writer and director of this movie, also was one of the writers for uh, Love and Monsters, which I also have lots of love for. Yes. Well that was in my uh, top five movies of the year that year. Yeah, I really love that movie. I feel like it's kind of underrated, surprisingly. I feel like it doesn't get talked about enough. But I think it came out during COVID, and it it came out direct to, like, you had to pay to watch it, if I remember correctly. <laughs> um, it wasn't until, it, uh, like, months later it finally hit Netflix or something. But, like, yeah, it, it definitely was un- is underrated. Uh, I, I would to say people should definitely check that out if they like this. Even though it's a completely different type of movie, uh, yes, it is. <laughs> you can still see some of the skill on display. Yeah, yeah. And I guess one, one more thing I want to say about what I like about the movie is, again, just how this is able to creep me out. Just like with the, even like, the, it's like, it, it, it involves some body horror, like with a throat vibration crap. It was like, oh my <laughs> God, this is tapping into a new fear of mine. Like I didn't, I wasn't quite aware this fear existed, but oh, I don't like seeing throats vibrate. Like there's something <laughs> underneath it, like there's some kind of parasitic being underneath it. So that really creeped me out. The scene that I call the, the microbe from hell scene, when the gray just pukes up that organism into oh. Brent's mouth. Oh my yes. God, yeah, I mean, I think that made it worse. Like, it could have kept that in, like, a pouch or something. Like, why did it have to puke it out? <laughs> <laughs> oh, to gross it out more. And, that's right. And I, actually, have you, have you seen the script? There's, there's a page that's been released online for that mm-hmm. scene. Have you seen it? Yeah, I have. Yep. Okay. I, I love that. I love the whole page. I, I know it breaks the screenwriting rules, but I like for that specific scene, I love how it's formatted. And it really like just reading that one page, it gives off so much life. Like you can tell how much like how terrifying this scene is just from reading that page. And, I, and it makes me curious to read the rest of the script to see how it's written. There's a book that you might you read a lot of books, Arthur. You might have read it called House of Leaves. Have you ever read that? I haven't, but it's on my uh, TBR pile. Okay, that's one of my favorite books of all time, and it has a ton of pages and stuff that are like the script to this. <laughs> like it plays a lot Ooh. with um, placement of words and like the way the pages look and all sorts of stuff like that to help set the mood of the story. So as soon as I saw that, I was taken back, and I'm like, man, I love that book. Man, I wish somebody would make a movie out of it. <laughs> <laughs> but again, maybe I don't wish somebody would make a movie out of it because it, it could be terrible. So you never know. But awesome. What I liked about this movie. So, um, you know, I'm going to go along with what you guys said. You know, I loved the whole setup of everything. Like it, there was just this feeling of impending doom. We kind of know, like, it's not going to go well. Right. Like we know, cause that's the movie. Um, that's what you're watching, but they did a really good job of, of this, the impending awfulness of everything that's coming. I think visually, fantastic there's a whole bunch of scenes i could go one by one through but i'm not going to but you know there's a lot of them where you know she's hiding in the house the light comes flashing through the wall um you see the alien in the background um even when she's on the bed and it jumps on top of the bed and then it goes out the window and you see the little finger toes her walking through town like you said arthur the way people are reacting to her all fantastic the cinematography fantastic the sound design fantastic the creature design fantastic I really liked the fact that she had uh, some plans to uh, fight back the second time they came. Um, yep. she, she had the boiling water. She had the car yeah. set up. I'll get into so I'll get into that and the things I didn't like. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to back off on that a little bit. But I did like that she had some plans and ways to take care of it. You are right, Arthur. The thing puking the 
thing up into her mouth was disgusting. Uh, I liked the way the mailman on the bus moved. Uh, they did a good job, like because he's not human <laughs> anymore, and it's it's conveyed really well. Obviously, we see the throat vibration, but on top of it, the way he moved across the seats and stuff after, I thought that was really well done because it's a it's a low budget way to show that he's not human anymore. <laughs> so, <laughs> Shalem, I, Shalem, so. yeah, so that was uh, that was pretty awesome. But yeah, I mean. For me, it's really the visuals, it's the cinematography, it's the absolute balls to do this with zero dialogue and pull it off. I just think on a technical side, there's a lot of tour de force stuff in this movie. Um, Storyline-wise, I think it's, uh, we'll get into that in a few minutes, but I think for the most part, it's easy to follow it's up to a certain point. And um, I, I liked the reveal of what happened in her past. Not that I liked what happened in her past, but I... I it made sense. It's, it made things make sense. It felt like a key unlocking a lock uh, mm-hmm. when you get to that point, because you're like, oh, okay, I understand now. But, you know, Mark, there has to be things that we didn't like about the movie. Is there anything you did not like about this film? Well, you know, there was a scene that you were just talking about, about the mailman and the way that he moved on a bus. Um, you know, I like the fact that she reached a point where she's like, you know what? F this. I'm out of here. I'm getting on a bus and I'm getting the hell out of this crazy town. Uh, and I get started when the the mailman who is taken over by an alien goes after her. So I'm looking at the bus. And I'm like, OK, so the mailman's there. There's another couple there. And obviously there's the guy that's driving the bus, the bus driver. The mailman gets up. He's crawling on top of the chairs. He's doing the weird spider thing. The bus driver stops the bus. Like, what the hell is going on back there? And then you cut to her. You cut to the mailman coming off the bus. And the camera does this really amazing shot where it pans away from him and it catches up to her running away. And it is an amazing shot. But the whole time I'm like, where's the bus driver? Like probably having somebody else on the bus puke in his mouth. (laughs) They cut from the bus stopping to him getting off and there's no sign of the bus driver at all. Like, did he, did he get off the bus first? Is he dead on the floor? Like what happened to the, they they just completely skipped over that. And that drove me nuts. Cause uh, I don't know. It just, it felt like um, a a mistake in editing or something. I don't know. That drove me nuts. And then the other thing that I didn't like is the ending, (laughs) the, the way that it's, it's left open to interpretation. Like I said, I didn't watch the trailer for this, so I didn't know what type of movie it was. When I saw it, it was going to be a uh, girl against alien home invasion type of movie. I was hoping it was going to be like a like a 10 Cloverfield Lane type of movie, you know, where, you know, she was going to be like the final girl and she was going to kick some ass and blah, blah, blah. And as it, you know, as you get into like the story of her childhood and why the town hates her and all of that stuff, which is great. You know, I mean, it's a, it, it, it makes the story enriching, uh, but you don't get that third act kind of payoff to all of that stuff before you get a payoff, but it's not, it's not a traditional Hollywood one, which is fine, but it's also not a definitive one, which is also kind of fine. Cause Christopher Nolan does the same thing, but this one is so kind of like, it could be anything. It's up to, the audience and that, you know, I have my own ideas about it, but that doesn't feel satisfying enough as, as much as I love all of the technical stuff, me having to pick one of the many endings that it could really mean is a little, you know, it left, it left a bad taste in my mouth, but that's just me personally. I'm sure other people will probably love that aspect. Like I, like I did. I loved the ending. <laughs> <laughs> well, you love the ending, Arthur, but is there anything you didn't like about the movie? Uh, well, I was thinking about this a lot because I was like, huh, is there anything I truly dislike about the movie? And I suppose I could point out the scene towards the end when Bren gets stabbed by a clone of herself. Right. And I guess I can say because of two things. One, the clone comes in at, at that point and I'm like, oh, okay, we got a clone here. Another twist in the movie. But then, but then, she gets killed off, the clone, and we're like, okay, so the movie doesn't really follow that up with anything else. It was just, it, it just got thrown in there, I feel like, just to add another twist, but we don't build up on top of that. Like, what's happening here? I, I'm assuming, you know, they, they took, they took Ren's DNA, used that to make another clone, 
but what does that signify in the whole grand scheme of taking over Earth? Or, I don't know, like, taking over Earth, partnering with Earth? I couldn't, I, I don't know, I couldn't really tell by the end. But, so the clone, you know, I, I, that's kind of like a gripe, a, a gripe for me. Also, Brynn got stabbed in the stomach by that clone, and she seemed to be perfectly fine afterwards, after getting pulled up into the UFO and all that stuff, and I'm just like, but where is that stomach bone, huh? It's a lot like uh, Scream 7, 6, <laughs> whatever one when they were in New York where everybody gets gutted at the end, but everyone's it's, fine. Jenna Ortega yeah. gets stabbed in the back and the side and the leg, and then she's just got her arm in a sling at the end of the movies. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, I don't know. I mean, for some reason, I was more accepting towards those injuries and in the Scream movies and <laughs> Scream 6, for some reason, I was towards this one. I don't know, but... <laughs> and and here's the thing, like I'm saying my dislikes here, but I just have like two main gripes really. It's just like I don't know, in the grand scheme of things in this whole movie, they're pretty small. But they are present. All right. All right. Well, you know, I I had some gripes. <laughs> uh the main one for me is just as much as we all loved no dialogue, as much as we loved, you know, the balls to do that. I, I god, it would have been nice to have anything. Uh, to try to explain what the fuck was going on after a certain point in the movie. <laughs> like, uh, like Arthur said, uh, you know, they, she gets the thing out of her throat and then there's a clone of her and then they take her in the ship and then she looks at the ceiling and it swirls around. And then like, then she's in like uh like fifties dance club mm-hmm. and then the movie's over. Like what, what happened? Like what <laughs> happened? I, I don't know. Like I, I what like what were we expecting to be the end of this movie? Obviously, you know, it's a it's supposed to be a worldwide alien invasion. It's one girl in one town fighting against them. So it was going to be a depressing ending. But then it was just a confusing ending. I, I did not understand what happened at all at the end of this movie. And honestly, for half the movie, I was thinking maybe this isn't even happening. Like this is maybe even in her head. Right. Um, that this is happening because up until a certain point, it was pretty plausible deniability. You know, uh, the people on the bus, I guess would probably be the turning point, but you know, nobody really seems to react to her. Um, you know, she goes to town, the police don't care. Um, you know, it just felt like, like maybe none of this is actually happening. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I thought that maybe that was going to be the twist, but the, the twist was that she ends up at a fifties dance club. So, <laughs> I was, I'm, I am utterly confused as to what happened at the end of this movie. I did read some articles trying to figure it out where people were saying the aliens saw her trauma and she was the only one that fought back and they felt bad. So they put her in a, like they put her back down on earth and she gets to live in a fake society, which is like the fake houses that she built in her house, the little fake town that she built. Now she lives in a fake town but she gets to walk around in it or some shit like that. I don't know. (laughs) But again, that is fine, but it's very hard to convey that without dialogue. (laughs) So it it just leaves you like, what the hell is happening? (laughs) I don't know. Um, And, you know, that's probably my biggest complaint with the movie is, is it's like a home run. It's a grand slam for like 80% of the movie. And then just that, caveat that they weren't using dialogue kind of makes it fall off a cliff towards the end because you just can't conceptualize what the hell is happening <laughs> even if it was just the aliens talking like something <laughs> so yeah. we understood what was happening um and you know the other part to me is like why doesn't she own a gun she lives out in the middle of nowhere generally like you live out in the middle of nowhere like that you own guns <laughs> <laughs> because and not just not to get in a gun gun debate with people or start any kind of political debate, but like in theory, you, you own them because you live so far out that you, the cops aren't going to get there in time. So if you call nine one one, it could be 20 minutes before they get there. So something comes in your house, it's you and them. <laughs> like my grandparents lived out in the middle of nowhere in the woods when I was a kid. And my grandfather had a ton of fucking guns because that's what he used to say. If you call the cops, they're not going to be here for a half an hour. So, you know, it, it's up to you to take care of what's happening. So um, I just didn't understand why she didn't own a, a gun, why her she didn't lock the doors. But 
you know, I guess you live out in the middle of nowhere. You don't really have to lock the doors, but you know, maybe a bear would come into your house or something, right? Like, I don't know. It, it was just it was a little weird. You know, I would have liked to see her plan to fight back be a little better than just boiling water. I thought she was going to burn the house down mm-hmm. um, or, or like rig it to explode. <laughs> oh, oh my. So if it exploded big enough from the gas, it would have like hit the spaceship overhead or something. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I, I guess it was just that boiling water to throw on the alien, but I mean, she was fucking shit up though. She killed like three of them. So, <laughs> oh yeah, she, I, yeah, she was taking care of business. And I must say, it's funny when she was boiling water. It made me think about how, like, if I had the chance to prepare for a home invasion, boiling water would actually be one of the things that I would do. <laughs> <laughs> All right, don't go into Arthur's house late at night, please. <laughs> Aliens or otherwise, who's going to throw right. boiling water on you? But um, you know, and, and that's pretty nitpicky. But you know, uh, I just thought that for like half the movie, I legit thought this was all in her head. Um, then when it's not, it was just like I wish they could have explained a little better what was happening towards the end of the movie. Like I just don't get what happened, <laughs> and it's not a satisfying ending to me. Like to me, a satisfying ending is like, she kills all the aliens and like wins or that's, that's just it. Do you have to, you have to decide what you think the ending is. You have to pick the ending that you think is the best. And that's what it's going to be. It's, it's completely open for interpretation. What's I like? I like that. Well, I would have just preferred a more definitive ending, whether good or bad. Maybe she loses and gets dissected and probed the end. Or, you know, she's got a thingy in her throat. Go the end. But I didn't, I mean, going to a dance club at the end was kind of weird. And well, everybody is an alien. They set up her. They set up in the beginning that she, that's her ideal world. She does the dance steps. She's practicing the dance steps. That's the beginning of the movie. And her bedroom wall is covered in those old 50s movies. Mm-hmm. So that's like her, that's her shtick. So if you, <laughs> the way that I saw it is, an alien shows up in her house, she kills it. The aliens are like, oh, this bitch is tough. Let's, let's send a, let's send Joe Pesci alien out after her to, to get her. <laughs> so then they send a little scrappy alien and she kills him too. And they're like, God damn, who is this chick? All right, get the big guy, get the guy with the leg. So then the giant alien comes out. She gets them too, and now the aliens are like, "Oh, this bitch is just badass. We we got to respect her. It's like Predator. Oh God, <laughs> we come to her. <laughs> she kicks our ass. It's like, all right, props. We'll, we'll give you props. So yeah. So by the time you get to the end, they're like, all right, you know what? We we showed up at her backyard, buck naked, as aliens do, uh, with no protective gear or anything. So and she killed three of us, including the big one. We're gonna we're gonna cut her some slack. We're gonna give her her happy ending. She's gonna forgive herself. She's going to uh, get the dance, the nice fifties dance she's been practicing, and all of that stuff. Congrats, everybody! Everybody in town waves to her and talks to her. And exactly, blah, blah, blah. she gets exactly what she wants: the happy ending. It's the end of the world, but hey, at least at least she's happy, and she doesn't have one of those things. With all, with all the UFOs just flying up in the sky, and I must say, just just felt, just felt very much like it came out of a Twilight Zone episode. Yes. <laughs> yep. Definitely. That was the vibe I was starting to get, which is why I was thinking maybe this isn't even happening. But Mark, are you telling me that if I can kill three aliens in my house, I will wake up on the set of like Brazzers or something? Well, you have to kill your friend when you're 12 years old. To God damn it. All right. <laughs> Once you get the ball rolling, then yeah. <laughs> I'm going to go back in time and murder uh, my friend when I'm 12 and be like, I'm sorry, but aliens are going to give me a date with Lena Paul later on. So Exactly. Uh, <laughs> Such an agonizing pass. Oh, the pain. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but that's pretty nitpicky. Um, you know, just I I just wish the ending was explained a little better. Mark completely explained it, which is fine, but you know, I just wish they had done it in, in the movie. Right. Instead of me having to look stuff up online. But <laughs> you know, it is what it is. So the only thing left to do is to get this thing a score from zero to five, with five being the best and zero being the worst. Marcellus Reagans, what do you got for No One Will Save You? This was a really tough one to score, but I'm going to give it a three and a half out of five. Um, I think, as we mentioned before, visually, it's amazing. Uh, technically, it's amazing. Performance-wise, it's amazing. It's the story that you will bump up against. And depending on who you are and what you think of the story, uh, that's that's on your plate, but the director did give you something to chew on and to discuss. So it, it, how you feel about it is how you feel about it. I personally uh, 
I think three and a half out of five is a perfectly fair score for this movie. All right. Uh, Arthur, what do you got? For me, my score is going to be four out of five. Mm-hmm. Again, just... Yeah, I really appreciated this movie. I'm glad I was able to watch it. You know, I didn't even know if this existed until just a few weeks ago. And then I saw the trailer for it. And that trailer gave me some shows. I was like, oh, wait, this might be a good one here. And as it turned out, it is a good one. One that, <laughs> one that uh, Guillermo del Toro himself has uh, tweeted about. She's been, she's been giving this movie faith recently on Twitter. So, glad to see that. And just, yeah, see, you know, people... Go watch it. Even if you're listening to this episode and you already heard spoilers, yeah, just go watch it. <laughs> I mean, yeah, Kate and Deborah, you know, again, love her. I'm going to look forward to more of Brian Duffield's work and just the whole narrative, the technical crafts, the story. And again, like the story, you know, the character Brynn's whole backstory, it pulled me in. I really appreciate that. And the ending, you know, I'm up for the ending, even if Joey wasn't. <laughs> I'm not not down with it. I just like like you said, it felt very Twilight Zony. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. I appreciate that. All right. Well, uh, I'm like right in the middle of you guys. I want to go to a four, but I feel like the end is like pulling it back. But I don't. I think it's better than a three and a half. So it's like a three point seven five. But I I try to go by letterbox scores. So <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> I'm gonna end up at a four. Um, yes. I think. <laughs> I will agree with everything Arthur said. I'll agree with everything Mark said. And I could see people giving this a one and I can see <laughs> people giving this a five. <laughs> there are people that will not be able to get over the end. They will say, what the fuck happened from the second um, her clone shows up? I have no idea what the fuck happened. Um, and I hated every minute of it. And there will be other people that will be like, I love this movie to death. So, I mean, I'm probably at a four and I agree with you guys. Technically, fantastic i just wish it could have stuck the end a little bit better but not bad enough that i'm going to knock it down much more than that i'm probably around 3.75 but we'll call it a four maybe we got it right and maybe we got it wrong hit us up on social media and let us know what you think and now we are going to wrap it up before we tap it up let's get some recommendations for the listeners out there arthur tell everybody where they can find you and your podcast all the time and then give us a recommendation of something the listeners should check out well, for my podcast, Two Cents Critic, uh, you can find it on Twitter and Instagram at two underscore cents critic. You can also follow my personal accounts on Twitter, Good Pod, Storygraph, Letterbox, and TikTok at Arthur underscore and 18. I'm also on Goodreads at Arthur Howell. I've also got a blog. You can check that out at two cents critic.com. And yeah, you know, just a Check out the podcast, wherever you can find it online. I've got the link trees up on my pages. I've got the podcast. Books, again, books, movies, and TV shows. I review and recap all of those. And always a blast to bring on special guests to cover them with. Awesome. Now, anything you've been reading, watching, or checking out you think that the listeners should see? I'm going to give a couple of recommendations. One is Midnight, the South Korean thriller that I just really enjoy. I think it's to get more love. Basically, it's about this deaf woman who gets caught up in a uh, like this, like this cat and mouse game with a serial killer. And she ends up having to just run around the city, just e- evading him. And it's really, I found this movie to be really spotty written. It's incredibly anxiety-inducing. And it held up on rewatch. And I rewatched it with a partner. And she really enjoyed it, too. And this movie, again, just so, it is so tense. And the movie, I think, it really does a great job at showing, like, okay, this protagonist was deaf, and also her mom. Like, her mom gets caught up in it, too, and it's also deaf. Like, how, like, how would they evade this serial killer who is incredibly intelligent as her as deaf? And it's like, okay, like, this movie did a really good job of portraying that. It's quite intelligent. And just so, yeah, that's uh, streaming on Prime Video and TV. So, Midnight, that's the movie. Awesome. And then... I've also got the After Party on Apple TV Plus, which I also really enjoyed. Who done it series? I feel like it doesn't get that much attention online. I I see people talk much more about only murders in the building, so I guess maybe that's gobbling up the Who Done It TV spotlight. But the After Party is great too. Also, really cleverly written, a charming cast. Love the whole ensemble. I love the way that the show. Uh, goes for it, it, it takes after the genres and tropes. So, like, one episode could be styled after a rom com, 
tone. Another episode can be a Fast and Furious kind of theme. Another episode can be a musical. So it just goes for the tones and themes and genres like that. And again, the Apple Party and Apple TV Plus, whole fun ride. Both seasons. Love both seasons. And I hope that it'll get greenlit for season three. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on with us today. We greatly appreciate it. I highly suggest everyone check out your podcast. I listen all the time. It is fantastic. Uh, and we'll have to come back on there soon. And uh, maybe me and Mark will come on and, and deep dive, break something down with you. Um, yes. But Markellis Reagans, what do you got for the listeners this week? Well, first, I want to thank Arthur for coming on. Thank you, Arthur. And uh, thank yeah, you for those awesome recommendations. I will definitely be checking out Midnight. And uh, I 100% agree with you with the after party. Uh, I haven't seen season two, but season one is amazing. Uh, just completely amazing. And you're right. No one really talks about it. Uh, so my recommendation this week is if you're into alien abduction movies, uh, oh, Fire Christ. in the Sky... <laughs> is actually streaming on HBO Max or Max as they call it now. Go to hell. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> 1993 sci-fi mystery. Uh, gritty, uh, intense, and I remember it being very traumatizing. Uh, <laughs> mainly for Joey. But everyone should, if you want to see a good alien abduction movie or a different alien abduction movie, I recommend Fire in the Sky streaming on HBO Max. I hate you so much, Mark. <laughs> you're getting joy out of watching. No one will save you because of Joey. You're getting, you're getting joy out of giving this recommendation because of Joey. My oh my. <laughs> well, I will recommend that you go to SoWizardPodcast.com where you can find the podcast every week. Links to all our social media accounts on the right-hand side of the page. Links to all our video and Patreon content as well at SoWizardPodcast.com. Don't forget to subscribe to us on iTunes, Spotify, Good Pods, or just about anywhere under the sun you find podcasts. We will be there. Check out the aforementioned YouTube channel. There's hours of free exclusive content there. Uh, we just dropped a review of the four-part RoboCop documentary, RoboDoc. Uh, that's currently on Screenbox. Adam got an early look at that, so he'll let you know what he thought. The Patreon at patreon.com backslash so is our podcast. You can monetarily support the show and get extra exclusive content as well. And I will recommend a movie that I watched last night, which I liked uh, actually better than this movie. <laughs> wow. <laughs> what? Uh, and it is called Slother House. <laughs> Oh, I've been hearing about this movie. Yeah, it, it went in theaters for one day. And of course, I, I wasn't able to get to go see it. And it's now on VOD. It was five bucks to rent on Amazon. I actually had a coupon, so it only cost me $2 to rent it. But it was worth the five bucks. Uh, basically, it's about... Mark, <laughs> please, about, please explain to me what Slother House is all about. Okay, so there's I know, a... I know it already. Yeah, there's a sorority and this girl is joining and she wants to be popular and cool in the sorority. Um, so she figures out the way to do that is to illegally adopt a sloth. Jesus. And <laughs> use it being cute and uh, cuddly. And everybody loves the sloth and wants to uh, be her friend. So she gets to be popular. Except she doesn't know that the sloth that she adopted is actually psychotic and a murderer. Of course. Um, <laughs> and it, it's, it's, it's horror comedy. It's dumb. It's goofy it gets dumber as the movie goes along. So it starts off, it's dumb and it just keeps getting dumber and dumber and dumber, but in a good way, just like the things the sloth is doing and the way that people are getting killed and things are happening. And of course the sloth is a practical effects puppet. So it makes it even better <laughs> like, <laughs> when it's like smothering some girl with a pillow at one point, like it's fucking hilarious <laughs> and I'm not going to ruin it. There's a lot of different things the sloth does in the movie that are just absolutely ridiculous. And I just had a great time with it. Um, it's not the best movie in the world. It's a little overlong. Um, there's some scenes where there's a lot of talking uh, and padding that kind of, you know, we're like, eh, all right, this is about a you know 45 minute concept stretched into a 90 minute movie. But you know what? I had a blast with it. The price was right. It was fun. It was funny. I think people should check it out. So check out Slother House, which is now on VOD. I got it on Amazon and it was five bucks. So definitely check that out. And then, you know, maybe head out to the theaters and check out the new movie, The Creator, uh, original sci-fi coming to theaters. Uh, so we're going to be checking that out next week on the podcast. But that is going to do it for episode number 477 of the So Wizard podcast. I have been your host, Joey DiCarlo, our special guest. Thank you so much for coming on, Arthur. You're welcome. I passed this up last year. 
We love having you. And the expert, Mr. Marquis Marcellus Reagans. Everybody have yourself a great week and Wakanda forever. We'll see you next week. Good journey.